So I'm chatting today to Nikki French, who is a dog trainer and the author of Stop Walking Your Dog. And we're talking all about why actually you don't need to take your dog for a walk every day. And there are quite a lot of reasons why you might not want to take your dog for a walk and how losing the belief that you have to drag your walk, dog for a walk every day can actually be really great for the relationship that you have with your dog. So Nikki, thank you so much for joining me. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Rachel. So I'm Nikki French. Um, I am the founder of Pup Talk Dog Training and I help people with dogs and puppies of all ages, but I particularly have a passion for people with dogs that are perhaps nervous, a bit anxious, even really overexcitable. And yeah, these dogs are often dogs that struggle in the outside world. So that's just become a real passion project for my for me. Fab. Okay, so tell us about how that came to be in the first place and what what, what do you think helped you find this this topic that you really wanted to focus on? Yeah, it was so I was noticing with a number of my clients that they had dogs, some of them are really high energy breeds like collies and, and working Labradors. And they had dogs that were really struggling in the outside world. And I was literally saying to people, you need to stop walking your dog. We, you know, These are dogs that didn't have the skills to be out in the public, uh, on, seeing other dogs, wherever it was. They just didn't have the skill set to cope with it. And I was saying to people, you need to stop walking your dog. So that actually led me to write a book entitled stop walking your dog and it was all about all of the things that you can do to help keep a dog physically and mentally exercised at home in the garden places that are quiet places that your dog can manage in to help them grow up grow the skills that they don't yet have so that you can then go back to being out on walks being in public places and so on so I was literally saying that to some of my clients so that was the starter point from it and, and it was I think what struck me is how guilty people were feeling they were feeling very stressed if they took their dogs out they were feeling very guilty if they didn't take their dogs out and they were just sort of stuck in this this world of well if you have a dog you take it for a walk you, you must take it out two to three times a day and and if you have a dog that's got any kind of behavioral problems, often people will think you need to do more exercise. You need to take them out more. But of course, if you're constantly exposing them to something that freaks them out a bit, <laughs> they're just getting worse and worse and worse. They're practicing getting, you know, whether it's barking and lunging and things like that. So sort of trying to help these people uh, feel less guilty mm -hmm. um, and give them other things that they can do instead to really help their dogs. So tell us about the kind of behaviour that would encourage, would, that would lead you to, you know, if I have a dog, what kind of behaviour would they be showing for you to say, actually, it would probably be a good idea if you stopped walking them so much? What kind of things would I be experiencing? Yeah, some of my original clients, they had dogs that were just pulling like trains on on the lead um you know and, and dogs that are maybe only 10 15 kilos if a dog is pulling and suddenly jerks in one direction they can absolutely have you over on your face and i know people that have sprained wrists and twisted knees and things like that so it can be frantic pulling it can be 
barking and lunging, you know, dogs that can look quite explosive. It, people can describe them as aggressive looking dogs. Very often it's just their, their way of saying whatever it is that, that's worrying them, please stay away from me. Yeah. Um, and it can be that some dogs will just pancake themselves flat down to the floor and like just not want to move. Other things are probably a bit more obvious. You know, they might be trembling and cowering. Um, it could be something as simple as when you pick up the lead or the harness, they kind of disappear. And they're sort of voting with their with their paws to say, I really don't want to go out. Um, so it can show itself in lots of different ways. It can be subtle things. You know, some people might not be completely clear that their dog is as stressed as they might be. So if your dog can normally take food take treats um and if they will do that around the house or in the garden when you're out on a walk that it might be that they can't eat food and it can be something as subtle as that that you realize that they're not in quite the same happy headspace outside as they are at home so it can be quite so what kind of things would you suggest to your clients and the people you work with to do instead of going for the daily walk? How can we make sure that our dogs get what they need without going for a walk every day? Yeah, and, and you know, for a lot of dogs, walks are a real highlight of the day, incredibly beneficial for dogs and humans. But if it's not right for them, you can't just stop walking your dog and sit around and watch TV. You have to do other things instead. So you need to keep them physically and mentally active. And you can do that through lots of different ways. There are just a whole host of fun and easy training games that you can play, whether it's with toys, whether it's some, with some of their daily food allowance. You can play training games around the home or in the garden. So the smallest room in the house, I guarantee there'll be at least 15 games that I could teach you, even to play in the bathroom. So you don't need lots of space. That really doesn't need to stop you. Um, it's about getting them physically active, but also giving them mental stimulation. So it might be kind of canine enrichment activities so things like the snuffle mats and toy puzzles it might be um, hiding treats or toys around the house and sending them off to go and use their nose and to go and find them um, it could be that you're able to go somewhere where you can guarantee that they're not going to come up with come up um you know to to see what they're particularly um struggled struggling with so it might be other dogs you might be able to go to a friend's garden that's quiet or you can hire a dog field or you might have a really nice quiet beach you can go to and they can go and have a swim so it's not you're not allowed to take them out the front door but it's about being clever at finding things that your dog does enjoy and doesn't get stressed by but still keeping them very physically and mentally active. And often it's not, it's not about spending more time than you would have spent doing the walks. I think when you do some element of structured games at home, it can be more tiring. So I might swap out an hour's walk with my dog for 20 minutes of games at home, and then he's ready to settle down and have a sleep. He will vote with his paws and he will head off and he'll go for a lie down. So it's definitely not about time. This is not about a barrier of saying, I just don't have time to do this. It's just a little bit of knowledge and um, yeah, so just some food, some toys, and you can have some fun at home. 
Thank you. No, it's just really helpful to know the kind of things that people can do because we do have this ingrained in us, don't we, as, as pet owners, as pet parents, that you you know you have a dog, you've got to walk them every day. And you know when you hear people say, oh, I can't have a dog because I can't walk them every day, that's the reason why people don't have a dog. Um, and yeah, while it is important that they do get the exercise and, and everything that they need, it can come in different ways. It's really interesting to hear the different examples that you shared there. Now, I know um, you have got a day uh, don't walk your dog day on April the 2nd I love that you've done it after April the 1st because it's, <laughs> I had to avoid that fun? I know <laughs> it was very intentional <laughs> yeah no it's so good that you've done it then um, and you had the first one last year so in 2022 coming up to the next one now um, as we're recording this can you tell us so you will now know of people who followed your advice from last year and where they are now they've they've stopped walking the dog every day they've done different things do you want to tell us a little bit about like what the impact of that has been and and what kind of changes they've seen in their dogs yes of course there's a there's a few examples there's actually a case study uh, in in the book um where the lady had a collie a young collie and she did stop walking her dog completely um for i think about three and a half months something like that and she built up games um, at home. She built them in a garden. She had access to a little alleyway at the back of her house, which was lovely. Um, and that was probably 18 months ago. She is now posting photos and videos in the membership of her dog on holiday, out on camping sites, running around on beaches, going to friends' houses. And, you know, this young dog now has a normal life that the, the, the whole world is, is open to her, whereas before it just wasn't an option. And they'd got very stuck in terms of walking her and she could never kind of get past her anxieties. But by giving it a break and rebuilding those skills, she's now having a really lovely, normal dog life, which, you know, for m most people with a normal dog in horrible air quotes that's what you would expect but some people just don't get to experience that with their dog so it can be absolutely life-changing and the amount of stress it puts on the family if they have a dog that you can't you can't take them anywhere is is immense and so yeah to see them going on their holidays and she actually went to stay with a family member without the mum and dad so actually the dog was able to go on its holidays with someone else yeah. as well. So it wasn't even though that this dog was being very carefully managed by the original owners. So, yeah, just complete freedom can can come from it with some simple changes. Yeah. And do you find it's dogs of because I know obviously we've we've read a lot about the lockdowns and the impact that that's had on dogs behavior. And we've got dogs who, you know, weren't out, out didn't leave the homes very much, but then, you know, were flung out like the lockdown pups who were flung out into the outside world after, you know, not really seeing people or other dogs and um, for the first part of their lives. Do you find that, you know, reducing the daily dog walks is helpful for dogs with, from all ages and backgrounds and that kind of thing and a range of behaviours like what do does it go across like the age groups and behaviours and, and that kind of thing yeah definitely I mean lockdown's interesting for me lockdown wasn't as disastrous for dogs as I think it can be portrayed because a lot of people that got a dog in lockdown were not able to go to structured puppy classes and 
do lots and lots of socialization that in itself I don't think is a bad thing it's much better to have fewer positive experiences for a puppy or any dog really um so I think it's it's opening up their world in the right way, which actually also fits in with the principles of don't walk your dog or maybe don't walk your dog too much. Um, <laughs> we'll clarify it in that way. Um, so I don't think that's particularly um, a bad thing, but whether it's puppies, whether it's you know teenage dogs or whether it's mature dogs, it the, the same theories can apply for whatever reason dogs can go backwards on things at any point in their life it could be that they had some scary event that set them back a bit it could be some kind of life change like moving house or you know changes in the makeup of who lives at home that can really unsettle dogs it can be just as they get older they change you know their person like us our personalities don't stay the change stay the same from when we were teenagers through to you know when we're into middle age and then old age so um these sort of issues can crop up at any point in a dog's life so i think it's always useful to have some skills in your back pocket and it, i mean also you know when i had a stress fracture when we went into lockdown i couldn't walk bodie yeah. several times a day anyway so having a load of things that I could do at home while seated in the garden chucking kibble around on my lawn um it gave me a whole host of things that I could do when I was incapacitated and, and couldn't take him out so um it's just a useful thing to have in your toolkit toolkit even if you've got a dog that's you know completely bomb proof happy-go-lucky sometimes it's good to just have stuff to do at home if it's too hot too cold Mm -hmm. too icy you know you can always pull these things out and go that's okay I've got this I've got things that I can do I was just thinking of those exact scenarios actually like when we had when me and Tommy both had COVID last summer I would get up really early and go and take patch somewhere where we knew we weren't going to we weren't going to see anyone um but yeah with you know at the moment as I'm recording this it's snowing outside so it's like I know he doesn't want to go for a walk in the cold so it's good to think about other things that you can do with them isn't it whether your dog is like you say very sociable and comfortable and 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 that kind of thing or whether they you know you are a bit concerned about them it's good to know what what alternatives are out there so on the day on don't walk your dog day tell us about like what that's all about and how people can get involved yeah I think it's just I want to get people talking about reasons why you might not want your want to walk your dog I say this is not saying no one should walk their dog ever absolutely not most people are absolutely right and their dogs are absolutely going to want to go for a walk but it's about starting conversations so that um for anybody that has a dog that struggles they don't feel guilty and they don't feel judged that they can't walk their dog or that it's really not the right thing for them to do so really starting debate to counter this psyche that is you have a dog, you should walk it two to three times a day. That's it. Black and white. That's what you should do. So so having conversations around that and also getting people to share ideas of what they do with their dog when it's not going for a traditional walk. So sharing all those kind of games that they play or toy finding games or whatever it is. So sharing their ideas and experiences of when they don't take their dog for a walk. So it's just going to be a case of... Um, posting on social media it'll be on instagram and facebook and twitter 
and using the full hashtag of don't walk your dog day mm-hmm. all of that together um and we're just hopefully going to flood social media with a whole host of things that we can do with our dogs other than just a boring old traditional walk yeah i think just going back to the lock- lockdown thing we did get creative then didn't we i remember i've got videos of tommy's kids in the garden with patch with all these agility things that we've made up with like my Reebok step and yes brooms and all, all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah all that absolutely. stuff yeah um, and being creative actually and yeah having having fun with your dog as well and um sometimes it's good just to help us get people thinking that there are different ways different things you can do with your dog other than go for a walk and chuck a ball around and, and that kind of thing so yeah it's really really interesting hearing hearing how it works and how it's helped people and ultimately, you know, we want dogs to be happy, have, you know, feel confident, be staying in their homes. And there's all kinds of, um, you know, stories out there at the moment about dogs being rehomed and anything that you can do to make them feel more secure, make them help their help with their behaviour is a really good thing, isn't it? And this is just such a really, it's a really interesting perspective, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really great to talk to you, Nikki. Thank you so much for chatting. Tell us about where we can find out more about you. So probably the best place to go to is my website. From there, you can reach everything else. So that's simply puptalk.co.uk. I also have a free Facebook group if people want to join a really friendly community of dog lovers, uh, dog owners, all sorts. There's people in there that have stopped walking their dog and there's people in there that love walking their dog. So everybody is welcome. Um, And that's Pup Talk with Nikki French. Brilliant. Okay. And what I will do is I'll put the link to all of your links, your book, where people can buy your book on Amazon, your website, social media, um, in the blog post that goes with this recording. So people can go and find it there, but it's always good just to share it as well. So Nikki, thank you so much for talking to me. It's wonderful chatting to you. I hope you have a great day on Don't Walk Your Dog Day and wishing you every success and all of the dogs who don't go for daily walks and who live to tell the tale. So thank you so much for joining me. No, thanks, Rachel.